We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You, you can't whoops when we start a, a live stream, man. I mean, yep. you, you know, you're going to ruin the whole thing, Fence. Of course, I know. Yeah. I do that often. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's uh, week 16, and we're going to talk about a lot of like player rankings. People that are still interested in fantasy football podcasts are they're in their semifinal, Justin Fensterman, and they need to know who to start. I mean, we can give some basic advice, but we're going to cover a lot of topics, and throughout, we'll talk about some rankings. But one of the the debates that I got into uh, on Twitter t- this week is that this Brock Purdy thing, like he's running the San Francisco offense. I would say pretty much they didn't lose much from Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm curious, what what do you think about Purdy is how far can they go? How far can San Francisco go with him there? I think that they could go to the Super Bowl and that defense will carry them. That's a big thing. That defense has been staunch all year long. You can't run on this team. You know, teams don't even want to run on the San Francisco 49ers. So when you have a defense that's this good, and we've seen teams, especially in the last 10, 15 years, the first team that comes to mind for me, is the New York Giants from 2007 when they beat the Patriots. That defense rode them right to the Super Bowl. They had a tough road to get there. Remember, they faced Tampa. They faced Green Bay. I believe Dallas was in there too. And then they went to the Super Bowl and beat an undefeated team. So we've seen this before. But at the same time, with him, you just need him to be serviceable. But if he keeps losing weapons every week, every other week, that's going to be a problem. But I'll say this, Alan, George Kittle, for those that were having him praying that this guy could just even get you nine in a PPR to get you two touchdowns like that after the crap that he gave you before the weeks leading up and even the season, you'll take it, especially during playoff time. Yeah, the biggest problem with Kittle is he's good at blocking, right? I mean, right. that's always been the problem. So everybody knows Justin Fenserman. He's, uh, I mean, I can, I put all of your accolades in the video description below, but you hear him on SiriusXM. You hear him on the Fantasy Alarm Show. You hear him. What's your your podcast is called? The Playbook, right? Yeah, the, the show that I host is The Playbook on Better Sports Network and also host right before that show, by the way, airs 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern all week long. And I also host Fantasy Alarm Game Day. You know, I'm working at FantasyAlarm.com. Mm-hmm. host Fantasy Alarm Game Day right before Rotowire Game Day on Sundays. That's right, baby. And we'll, we'll give them all. We're the your warm-up act, though. 
That's right. That's <laughs> right. No, we we're the warm up back for the warm up back for the warm up back. We you know we all we all of us just warm up for Bob Harris on Sirius XM, right? For sure. <laughs> but all right, I'm Alan Sislowski from RotoWire, and I'm in for Jeff Erickson today. And if you're still watching a fantasy football live stream or a podcast, that means you are in the semifinal, or you're a nut like us and you love fantasy football content. And as always, the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by No House Advantage. All right. Justin Fensterman. By the way, you still uh, you're still doing tons of basketball content too, right? Oh, yeah. That's like you love your your hoops is your main. Yep. 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 Doing a content whether it's a video, whether it's an article, injury charts and waiver wire stuff. Our Discord on Fantasy Alarm. We I'm always knee deep into the NBA, and that's why this time is always very tough because even on Sundays I go from doing fantasy football shows immediately to going doing NBA assignments yeah. afterwards, and to make that transition even within an hour when you're so enthralled into one sport, man, just getting into another sport it's just a whirlwind there. But still. Hey, midseason. Some people think the season starts for the NBA on Christmas. We got you covered. So we've been we've been in practice mode. Now the real stuff begins on Christmas. Yeah, and and that's why I I really is impressed when you talk about football because I couldn't imagine like I, I try to dip into the baseball just to help out with all the content and stuff like that and host channels. But you, you know, you really know you've been helping me whether you know it or not uh, with with basketball for so long, fantasy basketball and. And I really like how you think about fantasy football. I know before the lights went on, you were saying, you know, there's some topics about next year that you wanted. You just didn't want to give people some false hope or false speculation. But I love the way you think about this game. So I am going to challenge you on those uh, uh, on thinking ahead for next year. But I want to talk about week 16. The biggest storyline has to be a lot of the bye week teams have Jalen Hurts. And this stings. I, not only I know that they're that the Eagles are playing coy saying, oh, we're not sure if he's going to play. Justin Fensterman, not only is Jalen Hurts not going to play, he's not going to likely, in my judgment, play for the rest of the regular season if they're smart. I mean, these things just don't go away. You don't want to put them out there and compromise them. The Eagles basically have the one seed. So Gardner Minshew, would you trust him in your fantasy semifinal if some of your options are like Jared Goff or Daniel Jones or Kenny Pickett? So where's that line of demarcation? Where would you rank uh, you know, again, I know you haven't done like all these like specific rankings, but about where is is he inside? Is uh is Minshew inside that top twelve cut line for you? Given the offense, I don't think he is. And I know that we saw him start a couple of games last year, and I know one was good, one was not really that good. But I can't say that with confidence. However, if we're talking about super flex leagues, you might not have a choice. That's the problem. There might not be. There probably isn't really anybody out there that you can trust. Are you going to go with someone like a Zach Wilson? No, you're not going to go with someone like a Zach Wilson. It's going to be, forget the rain or anything, it's Zach Wilson completing less than 55% of his passes. So when it comes to Gardner Minshew, you just need him to be serviceable. And I'm thinking, of course, going up against Dallas, we've seen players run. We know we saw what the Jaguars just did against them. Dallas had some injuries, though. But you can run on Dallas before Damian Pierce got hurt. He was having a successful game against them. So I think that's going to be more of the game plan there. So when it comes to Gardner Minshew, I don't have lofty expectations. Kind of what we're talking about with Brock Purdy, I think he's just serviceable, and they're going to rely heavily on that run. I was going to say there's a lot of similarities here between Purdy and Minshew, right? I mean, we we have a big enough sample size on Minshew where we know we could expect that, whereas we thought that the bottom was going to fall out with Purdy. I mean, if your nickname is Mr. Irrelevant, 
that basically already starts you with a strike in, in the perception game. So, I mean, I'm going to give you a couple names here because fantasy managers that are in these super flex leagues or even in one QB leagues where at this point, a lot of fantasy managers are sharp nowadays. They're scooping up those backup quarterbacks. They're shedding their wide receiver fours because they just don't need those type of players on their roster. So how about someone like Tom Brady who has the matchup against Arizona? And this again, this is a coin flip. So I'm just asking your opinion. There's no real way to predict this. Or you have Minshew with Dallas. I'm going to stick with Tom Brady for this one. And Tom Brady has been a thorn in my side. And I could go on an entire tirade about how I ignored all the warning signs and got myself three shares of the guy. I thought, oh, it's Tom Brady. I'm so naive, Alan. We're, we're from the same area. We're so naive, us being from Oyster Bay, New York. I'm That's right. Island. Shout out, and, baby. Yes. And the big thing is, he going into the year, he lost Jensen. He lost Stinney. Worfs was hurt. All of the warning signs were there, but you're thinking this guy coming off the season that he had last year, throwing a zillion touchdowns for a zillion yards, he'll be fine. He's Tom Brady. He'll figure it out. Not having that protection is just so key. It's opened my eyes and I'm sure others' eyes that really the system matters, but also the protection matters. This guy needs time to throw, and it's definitely gotten to him. We're seeing him more vocal jawing at other players like the Lattimore situation earlier in the year you're also seeing him yell at teammates throw things this was some guy who's very stoic he could maintain that focus you're seeing him get broken this year so with that though still at all the long way of saying I'm still going Brady against Arizona over Minshew yeah betting on Brady never betting against Brady never made you money in in football right in fantasy football so I, I like betting on Brady here now let's think about let's game this out for a second right the reason that Tom Brady came over that left the Patriots and came over to Tampa Bay was he's at the point of his career where he definitely needs the situation around him to be optimal. And you, and you outlined that with the offensive line. And, and this season it's been less than optim, optimal. Uh, I mean, you know, you could, Chris Godwin missed most of the season or was missed most of his healthy part of the season because of the injury last year. It's come on nice lately. Uh, Leonard Fournette is, you know, he's been okay. The line has been a disaster. Mike Evans hasn't really been catching touchdowns. I don't think he has one since week four. Right. So let's just think ahead for a minute here. Let's say either they, you know, they lose in the first round or they don't make the playoffs and, and Brady let's, I'm going to give you the assumption that he is coming back next year. Well, first I want to ask you, do you think he's coming back next year? And also where do you think would be a spot that he might fit in and play next year? This is the total speculation game. Wow. So with that, I mean, you look at what San Francisco has, and if they can find a way to get this guy, look, we can't forget about Trey Lance and all, but why not get this guy to teach your future quarterback who you spent draft capital to get in Trey Lance? Why not get it from the greatest of all time, especially with an already set defense too, and a lot of weapons that you have, they can find a way to somehow get this guy familiar with the West Coast as well. I feel like that would be a perfect marriage there. Part of me thinks that somehow, for some reason, he could still end up staying in Tampa. I'm sure Tom Brady is frustrating as he is. He knows what he's had to deal with this year. We've seen the success before. He won a Super Bowl with the team. So, yes, I do think he's coming back. Everything I've been reading, everything we've been seeing, he's going to have a lot of trouble going away from the game. But makes me think that if he has another year like this, probably going to be done. And he has a nice, cushy, high-paying job waiting for him as an analyst after yeah, I saw I saw the the figures of the deal. I mean, he's it's not if he comes back, it's certainly not for money. And I'm not so sure how he's going to be as an analyst. I'm curious to see. You know, I mean, it, it could surprise us all. Uh, but 
you're talking about Brady to San Francisco. So I, this was part of that that debate that I was having on social media where, you know, if Brock Purdy gets all the way home, meaning like gets to the NFC championship and has a good showing or he gets to the Super Bowl, wow, boom, mind blown. He's in play for the 2023 starter. You have Tom Brady's free agency looming. And then Trey Lance. I mean, some, you know, like I've seen some, the, the side of the opinion where people are saying, yeah, no, look, this is going to be great for Trey Lance next year, but there's going to be teams like Washington that are going to, that are out of range for, to get a high uh, profile prospect in the, in the rookie, in the, the regular NFL draft that could offer their pick 20, pick 22 first round pick. And if you're a San Francisco who basically gave two extra firsts on top of their own first to get Trey Lance, you got to think that some point it's like on FanDuel or DraftKings when you do that cash out option, um, you got to think that they're going to consider, right, taking at least a first round pick back for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the thing is with Trey Lance, though, the one thing that I never really understood the appeal, he didn't have that much experience in school. And with that, that just always stuck out to me. So I thought in a few years ago, it's like, oh, it's going to be Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo was the starter. And so when it comes down to Trey Lance, I think that he does need more experience. He does need more seasoning. And you're already this 49ers team. We've seen it from the start of the year. Then they got Christian McCaffrey, which is an absolute joke. Of course, they lose Elijah Mitchell. And they still have McCaffrey to rely on here. They just have so many ways that they could beat you. And you're seeing even their losing players, and they're still fine. Nothing really changes with them. And it just shows off their depth. And I'm sure that West Coast is very attractive for Brady. And if they get all the way to that NFC championship, they have an opportunity to get someone that has that big game experience there. Yes. Even if it's for a year, you do it because you just, you never know when you're going to be back at that point there. You take advantage now. And it's kind of like playing in a dynasty league. Some people play dynasty leagues thinking five years down the road, I'm just going to trade all my picks now. And then in five years, I'm going to be able to compete. Well, what's the fun in that? If you have a set team and you can compete in the next year or two and you're already seeing that from your team, even if it's a new startup, then why start trading for picks and why start retooling when you have a chance and you never know how things fall when it comes to football? I always say this, Alan, the roulette wheel spins when it comes to the NFL. And that ball at some point, whether it's this year, next year, last year, it's going to land on your number. You're going to lose some players. If you go into the year expecting that you're going to lose some players from your fantasy football team, it makes your mindset easier. It keeps you focused. It keeps you on that waiver wire because you can have an undefeated record. And then all of a sudden you lose two or three guys, you're out of contention and you haven't been on the waiver wire scrounging for players. So when it comes to this situation with San Francisco, if they're already a built up team and they can get this guy who we know is still skilled, I know it's been a little bit of a rough year, can provide him that protection. You take advantage of it and you go all in. in my opinion. Yeah, it sounds like uh, that's a great analogy there with the roulette wheel, because by the way, I'd rather lose in roulette than it land on the green double zero, whatever it is. I, I hate green double zero. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst way to lose, right? Uh, yeah. No, but you talked about teams that, you know, you lose these players, right? Like I had a lot of, uh, of fantasy football teams that were in great shape and lost, you know, and lost Cooper Cup. And you think like, oh, I just lost one player. But, 
you know, a consistent 20 point player and then you lose, you know, you, it's, it, it, it crumbles quickly. So I, I like your analogy there and your comparison about win. Now I think dynasty players in fantasy football. I mean, I have talked about this on a bunch of our dynasty offseason podcasts. They're allergic to winning. We put up a poll that was uh, inspired by another poll that asked the same thing. They asked dynasty players, what's your favorite part of dynasty fantasy football? And only 37% said winning a championship. Like the other ones were like trading. The other ones were like the rookie draft. And yes, those are all fun. But at the end of the day, it's not fun though. That's the problem. It's not fun. (laughs) Trading is not supposed to be fun. It's not like trading basketball cards here. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. My opinion, you trade out of need, not desire. There was someone that I used to work with at Sirius XM who would always come up to me and would almost make fun of me because I'd be like, dude, your team's fine. And, oh, I made this trade this week, this trade that week. I'm a wheeling and dealing GM. Well, that doesn't impress me one bit unless you win the championship. It's not impressive. I don't care if you make five trades. I don't don't want to make five trades. I don't like trading in fantasy football. I hate it. (laughs) You know why? It's hard. I mean, think about it. Quarterback. Tight end, there's no market for either position. Right. You're there. I have Travis Kelsey on a team, and you can't trade the guy because you can't rely on any of the other tight ends. And even Kelsey had a couple of down weeks. And so many people are just obsessed. And I get it. The the art of trading is fun, but trading is not supposed to be fun, and it's not part of the game. It's if you're in a desperate situation where either or if you're in a situation where you have a surplus of depth, and I'm talking an amazing amount of depth. Then you can trade. Then you can value players because then what happens, Alan, is number one, trading in fantasy sports is very hard because a lot of people feel like they need on paper to win the deal. Otherwise, no. But what if you traded the best player in the deal, but you fulfilled needs on your team that handles all those potholes that you have, secures some depth on the back end for you, and ultimately in the long term makes your team better? That's a win for me. So and so many people just get so confused. They have to win the trade. You can still win the trade and your opposition that you're trading with, they can still win the trade. It's about fulfilling needs on your team, especially in football. Yeah, we need to bring you back on some of these trading podcasts to do because I want to hammer that message home. Uh, I think it, man. Yeah, no, you sit, you articulated it a lot better than I have in the past, but I think it's like you don't need to win the trade to win the you don't need to was it like win the battle to win the war, we right? Can both win. We right. can both win. And you know what? That's great. And I love that when I do make a trade in the rare instances, and me and the person I'm trading with, we kind of get on the phone or we start texting, be like, you know what? That was a good deal. That's the biggest victory possible with the trade there. Because otherwise, if you're always obsessed with, oh, I can't trade the best player. I can't do that. I lose the deal. You'll never, ever, ever make a good trade. Yeah, and when both teams feel like they, they're a little uneasy about it, that usually is a sign that it's a good trade as well, you know, when you're both unsure. So sure. I'm we're going to pay some bills right now. Uh, ben C, I'm going to talk about No House Advantage because they're changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today, playing pick'em contests versus other people for a shot at winning big cash prizes. Download their app, choose a contest, and select your player props and earn points for correct picks and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 extra entry, hit all the picks, bet on the top five player props, unders, overs, uh, 
in all sports, including NBA, MLB, PGA, NFL, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now uh, with promo code WIRE at No House Advantage. At, oh, actually, the promo code is NHA WIRE. That's N A H W I R E at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app. Yeah, <coughs> excuse me, in the, in the app store. Uh, and you'll get a deposit match up to 25 bucks. All right. Um, I've played on No House Advantage since I started doing these reads. It's a really cool interface. So anyone that's out there listening and you need some action because your fantasy teams are out of it, go check them out. And by the way, I'm with, here with Justin Fensterman. Everyone loves Fensty. He works over at the Fantasy Alarm. You hear him on Sirius XM at, eight, at 7 a.m. Eastern Times on game day. And uh, you hear all his NBA content. I've linked all his information in both the audio and video description below. He's one of my favorite followers on Twitter. And I, you know, I always love listening to Justin Fensterman. Never short on opinions. And I, and I love that you almost have like a fed up with the world. Like, how come everyone else doesn't see it this way? But you know what, Fancy, you you hit the nail on the head a lot. We were talking about Jalen Hurts at the top of of this podcast, and that makes me think about Dallas Goddard, who's coming back. So we're going to likely have Minshew. Fantasy managers, you just you said that if you don't have Travis Kelsey, you have a problem at tight end. So would you feel comfortable, sight unseen? pushing Dallas Goddard in your week 16 semifinal in if you're cycling through guys like Chiga Conquo, and that's like a good option. Right. You have David and Joku. So is, is he auto start for you? I mean, how many tight ends would you start basically over Dallas Goddard? I need the exact framing when it comes to pitch count. Is he going to be on a pitch count? That That's the first issue. What if you don't know? What if you just, this is the information you have is what you have today. He's playing, he's active. Okay, he's playing his active with no pitch count. Then, yes, I, I am a little bit more confident there. But at the same time, and I know that I've seen other people tweet out, oh, Gardner Minshew, the target share was this. There was no A.J. Brown last <laughs> So how exactly do we use something like that? Oh, the target share. Here's how right. the targets were divided in his couple of starts. You can't with someone like A.J. Brown there. All that is moot at this point. It's You know what it is, Fancy? It's the statification of everything. Right. Everything's static. It's like for, just – did you watch the football game, right? It wasn't right. that guy that was there, right? So I interrupted, but so I, I, I because I, you know it's funny because I I've seen multiple tweets about this, and and rightfully so, and I that's why I love the fantasy sports community. Never short on statistics, never short on narrative focus and everything like that. <laughs> but when it comes to this situation, when you have someone like AJ Brown, that that completely changes how Gardner Minshew is going to be focusing for this Dallas game. So when it comes to Dallas Goddard, if I'm knowing that he's not on a pitch count, despite not knowing who's going to be throwing him the football, I'd still feel like I'm forced to start the guy. If I see a pitch count, then I'm looking for a Chigo Congo, uh, like you mentioned, who's probably the most attractive waiver wire pickup if he wasn't picked up already. See, here's the thing, Alan, this year, and you could say the same with quarterbacks, I feel that in a lot of leagues where – you start just one quarterback. And obviously with tight ends, a lot of people just have one tight end rostered and that's it. I feel like there are a lot more people rostering multiple tight ends. I did a little bit. I was in I was in with your coworker, Jeff Erickson. I was in a league and I was getting crushed by the tight end position. Crushed. I must have gone through at least five or six tight ends. Should have waited a little bit on some of them, but I became impatient. But I started to roster just two, which I never do. I always try to save them for the wide receiver or running backs. Yeah. And a lot of people, I feel like, are doing that this year, which makes the pool even more scarce at the position. Yeah, and then 
even if you have multiple tight ends, you could have two good tight ends on your roster, like Dawson Knox and Evan Ingram, and have started them in the wrong weeks. And which right. is, I speak from experience. I start, I had Knox in there and got a zero two weeks ago, and Evan Ingram went off for 40 plus. And then I reversed it this week, and Knox goes off for 20. But at least Evan Ingram got you home a little bit. But yeah, it's like you said, it, it goes back to the roulette wheel. Uh, so, all right, a couple other rankings. And again, I, I in single quarterback leagues, it's still important to talk about the quarterbacks because. When we talk about there's plenty of quarterbacks, there's not any more. You know, all the quarterbacks are rostered at this point, and the options on the waiver wire, frankly, are not that appealing. Justin Fields versus Buffalo. How high would you rank him? Are you in the mindset like, hey, he's Justin Fields. He's basically going to have 15 rush attempts. He's a top five option. Doesn't matter who the opponent. Or is it a little bit, you know, are you going to play someone like Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, or even Trevor Lawrence? against the Jets, where what's your general Justin Fields ranking? Give people an idea of how they should treat him in fantasy, in this fantasy semifinal. That, that rushing is our bond with him right here. That That's what it is. That's how he's going to make his weight, and he's a hard guy to stop and take down. And I feel like that there's really hardly any other options because options keep getting injured, or they don't know the playbook like a Chase Claypool. So with that, I'm still going to go after Justin Fields. And here's the thing, Alan, I should bring up now. There are a lot of cold games that we're going to have when it comes to weather. Don't let that take away from it, okay? These athletes, they're used to playing in the cold. It's really the wind. That's the biggest thing there. My co-host, Adam Ronis, has said this. My co-worker, Howard Bender, all about this on Fantasy Alarm, too. And they're absolutely right. We saw even so many people freaking out. Oh, my, all the two feet of snow in Buffalo. How's Miami going to take care of it? What happened? The field was clear. And, yeah, it snowed later on in the game, but didn't impact the game, essentially. So with that, with Justin Fields, even though it's a tough matchup, I'm still going to roll with him there. And you probably don't have someone else that is very much reliable, too. You mentioned Trevor Lawrence. The Jets. Why are the Jets, the New York freaking Jets, 500 right now. I didn't expect them to win five games this you're, year. You're a Jet fan, aren't you? I, I am a Jet. I don't like yeah. to admit it, but I am. No, I am too. You know, like I said, we're both in the same area of Long Island, Oyster right. Bay, Long Island. And, you know, that obviously, for those who aren't from New York, don't realize that there's a, a split. Like, a, if you're from Long Island, you're usually a Jet fan. If you're from other areas of New York, you're most likely a Giant fan. I mean, I know it's, you know, Jets and Mets. Go together, Yankees Jets, and Mets, Giants, Islanders, Islanders, Yankees, Giants, Rangers, right? And and Knicks are split. Like I used to be a Nets fan living in when I used to watch on Sports Channel when they were the New Jersey Nets when they moved to Brooklyn. I I, just, it, I wasn't feeling. We digress. Uh, Justin Fields. We were talking about him though. Uh, so you're in the top five discussion with him, right? He's the top five quarterback. I'm in that top seven area with him. I'd say. Okay, fair enough. So I, meaning, meaning, I still trust him because of the mobility. And he'll find a way. Like, Justin Fields will find a way. If that means lowering my expectations a little bit, thinking he's going to run one in, that's totally fine. Who's he going to throw to? That, that's the big thing there. So it's almost like you're forced that if he gets bottled up, he gets bottled up. But you're rolling with him. Right. Well, if he if he runs the ball, you know, for 80 yards and he scores right, a rushing touchdown, you only need about 125, 140 passing yards to get him to, like, 20 plus points so that's you know we often hear the term in fantasy football cheat code it's you know it's kind of like that's an old school nintendo reference the cheat code but it really is just basically uh, genie. exactly oh you remember the genie remember the yeah that's right uh actually i saw a, a fun clip of you talking with ronis about old school video games i was a little disappointed that he uh was was saying oh i don't have time for video games don't bash video games like that 
bro. Right. Don't right. Do well, it. he Come just on. he wants to make sure that you always know that he has a lot of work. So that's yeah. his way of <laughs> passing that in right there. But that's the thing, man. I play video games. Video games are fun, but I play them to de-stress. And especially when I was hosting on Midnights and Sirius XM, mm. who's up at 2 a.m. Eastern when my show's over and I'm not ready for bed. I've got all this adrenaline. I was just yelling at Adam Ronis for two hours. I'm, I can't go to sleep there. So I take out that frustration. I take out that energy by button mashing the hell out of my <laughs> old school Super Nintendo controller. Oh, dude. Uh, we'll, uh, you know what? We'll save it for the end of time, but I could do like 25, 30 minutes on old school video games, Tecmo Bowl, Double Dribble. I mean, you know, the whole thing. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, let's stick with this, though. We are talking about player ranking, some start sit things that people might have in the semifinal. And of course, I'm here with Justin Fensterman. You follow, what's your your uh, your Twitter? So they, I, it's all linked in the video description below, but I recommend if you're watching this video, if you're listening to this podcast, Fensterman, Fensty is one of the fun, uh, best followers. He puts out a, so, so much diverse content and it's really well thought out and he's such a great host. So uh, follow him. Fensty, give out your Twitter. At Fensty Sports, F-E-N. A lot of people spell Fensty, F-E-N-T-S-Y. That's not Fensty, that's Fensty. Fensty. F-E-N-S-T-Y Sports. Yeah, don't tell me about people not understanding how to spell my name, Alan Seslowski. I mean, you know, obviously... I bet you, you they get your first name wrong more than your last name. Right. They they spell it like a last name. A-L-L-E-N is mostly exactly. how Allen spell is like Marcus Allen or, right. you know, Josh Allen, you know? So, right. yeah. Ugh, these people aggravate <laughs> me. Um, all right. So we were talking about some quarterbacks here, and I want to also talk about who would I have? Oh, okay. Zach Wilson starting for the Jets on Thursday night. You know, this obviously is a downgrade for the Jets offense. Are you Corey Davis is back? I mean, are you playing any of these guys in fantasy? I mean, is Garrett Wilson auto start? Elijah Moore did have, I think he had like seven or eight targets. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I mean, he didn't do much with them. So who are the guys that you're confident? And when I say confident, I mean, they're inside the top 36 cut line for you. Man, I really want – I thought that with Zonovan Knight, and I guess, look, he he left the game for a little bit. And when that happens, too, that's valuable time that he's out for. I know that if you look on timelines and you see, oh, he's back in, it's still 25, 30 minutes yeah. in between is valuable, unless it's something like half Five or six carries, possibly. Right. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So with that, because I, I had pretty lofty expectations for Zonovan Knight after seeing what he did beforehand. So I'm still fine with him, and especially with Zach Wilson throwing the ball. Garrett Wilson, to me – it does have flex appeal. I We started to see a little bit of the connection there. So I am confident in him. Outside of that, Moore is just a dart throw. Conklin, I don't really want to trust yeah. or anything like that. So it's really the two, Garrett Wilson and Zonovan Knight. But Zach Wilson starting at quarterback does not excite me with the season on the line. Right. Uh, no, no CJ Uzama and his two touchdowns. That's just like, don't even consider it. Yeah. I just feel like it's chasing, man. That's the yeah. big thing. Yeah. It's like, and that's what it is with a lot of these lower end tight ends. And we often get burnt. And I always say you, you play with fire more often than not, you're going to get burnt. What do you think the jets should do? Um, let's say they, they missed the playoffs. Okay. So let's presume they, you know, the, the, it's not eight, eight, eight and nine, nine and eight. They don't get in whatever it is. Uh, I mean, do they roll Zach Wilson out there again next year or do they explore the veteran market? I mean, what do you do with Mike White? Do you bring, I mean, there's definitely going to be a QB competition. I think we could sure. say that, but what do you want to see as someone that's emotionally invested in the jets? 
I want to see Tom Brady go to this yeah, team. That ain't <laughs> happening. I can I, tell you right now. That's not. <laughs> I that's what I, I do want to see a veteran go in here because I think that's part of the problem right there yeah. is that there needs to be a veteran there. Whether that's and I don't you know I don't love Jimmy Garoppolo or anything like that, but even someone with his experience, I'm totally fine with that. And I'd be fine with going after a veteran, keeping one or, or keeping both Zach Wilson and Mike White, and making it an open competition. Because the Jets, when you think about their quarterbacks, can't get much worse than what we've seen from Zach Wilson for the most part. Mike White's been fine, but I'd like a veteran now, especially when you're riding a good defense. It's kind of like what we were talking about with the 49ers and Tom Brady. If the Jets' defense is being as effective as they have been, one of the best defenses in the league there, I want someone with veteran big game experience and great decision making because one of the things with Zach Wilson that really frustrates me is that he holds on to the ball a little too long. Yeah. An extra second or two than Mike White means an eternity, and that's where he makes the wrong decision, and he doesn't look at all parts of the field. He locks in on one area like you're playing Madden, and he's putting down the turbo bar for power. You're seeing him. You know he's going that direction. Boom. That's right. where it goes. And I don't like that. I want someone – that can throw you a left when you're expecting a right. I want someone that's looking at one side of the field and boom, throws to the other. And that's not Zach Wilson. Here, here's some Zach Wilson optimism for you. Then we'll, we'll do is we'll take a, a, a just, we'll pay one more bill because this podcast is sponsored by monkey knife fight. And you're going to get here. Justin Fenserman use that awesome radio voice to read uh, the monkey knife fight commercial for us. It's very short. And I, I want to hear that. Um, but the, the, He's still Zach Wilson is still younger than Joe Burrow. Like there's still room to grow here. It's not easy to come into New York. It's not easy to come to the NFL. That said, some of the returns have been disappointing, but I still think there's, I would not trade him. I would not, you know, I would keep him on the team. I would still bring in, like you said, veteran competition. So, all right. That said, Fensty, I'm going to I'm going to be listening to you, but I'm going to be adjusting something right here while you read the monkey knife fight. And I want everyone to say everyone remembers how I read the No House Advantage. I want to, I want to see uh, who read it better. And it's obviously, I mean, you have to be at least a seven and a half point favorite here, Fensty. So hit us up, pay some bills, tell us about monkey knife fight. Football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, they've got plenty of that too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win. Daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and you'll get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. You're a natural, man. I, I don't know. That's <laughs> that radio voice, man. That it, it's like that's what I'm saying. Like just when I start to think, like I'm, you know, I'm doing some some interesting things on the radio, and we're talking. I hear. I mean, you have that natural timber in your voice. I mean, don't when the- sell yourself short because <laughs> if you ask your broadcast partner, I'm serious for a second. Jim yeah. Coventry. I went yeah. up to Jim Coventry in he Canton, Ohio, and I said to Jim, I said, Jim, I mean, you're great. You've got great info, but Alan's voice is ah. just, it's great. It's the way you articulate. It, it makes you want to listen. You're a oh. very clean broadcaster. Not a lot of ums and uhs. And I said that to Jim Coventry, which is why I always enjoyed it. listening to you. And tradition after my show's over on Sundays on Sirius XM, Fantasy Alarm Game Day, 9 a.m. Eastern, I'm often going to get groceries. I like to kind of clear my head a little bit, get some air. And as I'm waiting for the groceries, I'm listening to you guys. And your voice is just very crisp, Alan. And I didn't really know that much about you, but- 
it attracted my ears towards mm. you. And it makes me want to listen more because I'm a broadcast nerd and I love a great sounding broadcast because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We're making the listeners sick with this love fest that we have here, Fenstein, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're going to have to endure it now. And it's funny enough that part of my ritual and routine is listening to you and Howard and basically any good nuggets that you guys talk about, I steal for our show. So, I mean, that's just how, it, there you how go. it's done. It's all, it's, we're your review sheet, essentially. Exactly. Like I don't do any prep. I just listen to you guys, you know? So I appreciate, thank you very I, much for listening, by the way. But I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate all the all the love. All right. I'm here with Justin Fensterman. I want everyone to follow him on social media. By the way, do you um do you focus on any other social media platforms? You do any uh vertical video for like TikTok or Instagram? Like what's uh, or are you mostly like a Twitter guy? What's your favorite medium to produce fantasy football content? So I have a secondary character besides being the sports guy. I've gotten very into in the pandemic. I guess a lot of us have gotten into other things. I'm very into cooking now. Mm. And I never cooked or anything like that. And I learned how to grill. And on Instagram, also at Fancy Sports, I post a lot of what I grill, how I'm doing it, different tricks of the trade. And I've really grown a big appreciation to food. And it's just so much fun because we work yeah. in sports. And as you know, Alan, holidays, they don't mean anything. It's just another day in the sports world. And so with mm. that, you got to take your leisurely time when you can. And for me, even if it's right as the four o'clock games are starting, if I can go out there for about a half an hour, 45 minutes and just put a bunch of chicken there, have some barbecue sauce, baste it on like that. I have so much fun grilling. It's become one of my new obsessions. So on Instagram, you get the sports stuff too, but you you get more behind the sports stuff. And that's where cooking and grilling has become a big time love of mine. Yeah. So interesting enough, there's two things that unite people out, you know, and sport. I think it's sports and it's food, right? Yes. So I yeah. like that because, you know, when we're talking about almost any other topic it's so divisive and of course sports is divisive but it's like it's like fun divisive like you like right. the Patriots. i have one rule grill everything i love it i guess, <laughs> I guess, it's, I guess it's the jewish mother in me i love eating people i love it i just really love it i enjoy it and especially when people are enjoying the food or pretending to enjoy my food yeah. i get sliced from that i just get so excited about it and that's part of the joy right there and now i know how chefs feel the actual professional chefs right. so if this whole thing doesn't work out i'm going to culinary school. right, right. <laughs> well let me ask you what's your favorite thing to grill is it i mean is it steak it's is steak. it fish it's yeah. steak it's it's one of those things where you put it on the grill. You got it. You got to resist the urge to lift the mm. grill top because I have what's called the first waft. It's when you have your steak on there for about five, six minutes, you know, turn down the heat a little bit. So you spend more time outside, gets you away from doing other chores, turn yep. down that heat, little trick of the trade, for all <laughs> of you, especially with kids. But then you get that first waft when you mm. lift the grill top and the smoke comes right in your face like that. There's nothing better than that. There's mm. nothing better than that first wop of the meat just cooking right there. And that's that's one of the things, as stupid as I probably sound, I look forward to this stuff. That That is good theater of the mind right there. Because most people listen to the audio version of this. You know, we get well, we love our, our stream viewers, but I think you just created beautiful theater of the mind. I was visualizing it as you were talking about it too. And now I'm, I'm starving, okay? So yes. even though it's 11 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast, I'm starving. All right, let's... Uh, 
we'll have to do a grilling podcast then along with our video game podcast. And then, but let's give some people some more uh, back to football. Thanks for sticking with us for that. We this actually will probably it, be, my, be my last time. Erickson's going to hear this and be like, Hey, don't invite him on anymore. Oh no, no, no. They were in fact, just the opposite. Everyone was excited that I have him on there. Everyone's like, Benstie. So I was like, Oh yeah, good. I, I picked well. Cause you know, during, I, I do a, a regular podcast in the off season for the road wire fantasy football. I love the dynasty stuff. That's my true love, the off-season best ball. But during the season, I'm just mostly doing these shorts, and that's why I asked you about what social media platforms you focus on. I do a lot of the TikTok stuff, the vertical video for Instagram Reels. I enjoy making that stuff. But when I get to fill in for these guys and you know, I pick my guests, and like I said, you were my first choice, and everyone was very happy. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Everyone uh, was excited to have you on. Uh, you. So you will definitely be invited back. All right. Fensty, let's give some people uh, some some ranking stuff that they need to to know about. Uh, for you know what, let's. I, I know that we talked a little bit about we're going to project into next year, and it's almost like a sin to talk about quarterbacks in the first round. Like if you do that, you're a donkey, right? But is there? Do you think we're going to start seeing, especially in those early best ball, those February drafts with maniacs like myself? Do you think the Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, if he comes back healthy, do you think we could see them creep to like pick 11-ish or will will cooler heads prevail and we're not going to see them in the top 24 picks? So last going into this past season, we had what Josh Allen going in the third round. I think yeah. it all moves up at least a round. Mm. And I think because of the lack of reliability, People don't forget uh, that's really what it comes down to. You're going to be seeing both the quarterbacks and tight ends moved up the board. So many times we think, where can we find value? For me personally, it was the quarterback position. Those a few years ago that drafted Lamar Jackson probably won a title. Those that drafted others that are in the ninth round that worked out, they're going to win a title. But because of that, they automatically eliminate the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes away. And someone like a Patrick Mahomes who fell a little bit, not going to happen next year. I have a feeling that whether these players, it's not going to be, well, Travis Kelsey's a tight end. I could find another tight end. No, it's Travis Kelsey. I'm going to draft him because he's a great player. And I feel like those positions, titles that they're going to be next to those players and the stigma attached to it, those are all going to go away out of paranoia because like we've been saying, Alan, especially with the tight ends, but the quarterbacks too, just not a lot of reliable options there. So people are going to want safety and security meaning both of those positions are getting shifted up at least around round and a half. The problem with taking quarterbacks in the first round, like pick nine, pick 11, you know, something like that is that your team on paper, when you're done with it looks a little ugly, right? You're like, ah, oh, my running back two is kind of garbagey. And, you know, so people get caught up in what it looks like on paper, but I Agree with you. I think that the quarterbacks will get pushed up because the experienced fantasy players are able to move with the times a little bit. And they're like, hey, I'll find, you know, a, a, run, a Miles Sanders who fell to the eighth round this year. There's oh, yeah. going to be players like that who disappointed for fantasy football that you can get later. Uh, can I bring in- up something about that very quickly with Miles Sanders? So we got to be careful with what players say and how seriously we take them. Miles Sanders said before the year, essentially, I don't remember the exact quote, but he said, he said, don't draft me. Why? Why are we listening to this? Why? It's one of those things that, yeah, if it's right, oh, he told us right here, like Patrick Mahomes, he told us that he was going to be utilizing, not zeroing in on one weapon. He's going to be going after a bunch of receivers. I get that. But at the same time with Miles Sanders, I feel like a lot of people were off of him. 
after he made those comments back in August. And that's not that's not how it goes. Yeah. What they don't these athletes, they don't care about fantasy, nor should they. They care about the team winning. And if Miles Sanders gets two yards, but the Eagles win 20 to 10, that's a victory for Miles Sanders. And that's where fantasy and reality, unfortunately, collide, Alan, when they're just not supposed to. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The only one that cares about fantasy football is Austin Eckler, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, look, and he cares about it too. And he's the outlier, but outside right, right, right. of that, and Amazing. yeah, others have acknowledged the industry and it's great. But at the same time, we just have to be careful because, and especially those that tweet at the athletes when they have a bad fantasy performance, stop. I have no time for you. Blame us. Blame us. Do it. Blame us. If you don't like my advice, go somewhere else. There are plenty of other great analysts and better-looking analysts like Alan Soslowski. Oh, dude, we we are handsome bastards, the two of us. Get out of here. We're top 10 in the industry of... No, no, no. Top 10 hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at that, you know? Hey, listen. 
the shave don't don't disparage the shaved head community. We are, you know, listen, if this was 1978 and we were doing fantasy football content, we, we would be wearing toupees right now. So thank God shaved heads are in fence. My grandpa wore a toupee, which is why I'm a balding <laughs> guy since 11th grade. There, my grandpa, I used to walk around the house with it. He gets so mad because the tape for the right, toupee right, the it glue. would get all messed up and he'd have to retape it. So I put his bathrobe on and I'd walk around the house like him with the Je- toupee on. Jewish men from Long Island in 1978. It was like it was like it was Maury's wigs, man. Maury's wigs was you know from goodfellas man it was not even in hurricane winds <laughs> god goodfellas reference always welcome on this on this podcast oh my god i lost track what would what we start at? i was asking you oh okay we were talking miles about miles sanders, sanders. so okay so what's the signal there right i mean josh jacobs was another one who fell last year. i mean he he's basically a league winner and i know we use that term a lot but he literally is because you got him in the seventh round um he played in a preseason game and then everyone dropped him another round. Do you remember that? Like, so, so yeah. really what's the takeaway there? Why was the fantasy football community so out on Jacobs when he, when the, when in hindsight, when we should have been like pushing him up to like the third round, we were told by the beats of the Raiders that it was going to be a multi back system. That's the problem. We were told that Zamir white was going to be a big thing. We were told Amir Abdullah was going to be very involved. All of that, plus what you just outlined with him playing in that game, completely turned off the fantasy community. When we got to Canton for the fantasy football convention in mid-August, by that point, there were two conversations because I was using that for research, Alan. I wanted to hear what the community was discussing. I was bouncing around, getting into a lot of conversations, not even talking. I was just the quiet guy in the back just listening for once rather than running my mouth because you learn more from listening as my pops always said. Mm. So I wanted to hear who everybody was talking about because their subscribers and audience were Josh Jacobs and Isaiah Pacheco. So the chiefs and the Raiders backfields were two of the most popular conversations. And especially when it became to the Raiders, there were so many people out on Josh Jacobs because we were told it was going to be a multi-back system. They may use three or four backs, we all learned a very valuable lesson from that because those that didn't listen to it and just essentially left it at an arm's length and didn't wear it when it came to Josh Jacobs, they were very much rewarded because he's had a hell of a year. And it's not just that Josh Jacobs was this player who people have maybe been a little disappointed with for fantasy. I mean, look at the pedigree too. He was a first round running back that had pass catching chops in, in college. I mean, he he had finished as a top 12 back multiple times. I mean, and I think that's one of the big lessons learned. One of the players that also went in the like the eighth round, ninth round that nobody wanted, that you just kind of took him because you had to, was Tyler Lockett. He had an amazing streak of games with a touchdown. And again, we talk about league winners. He literally was a league winner, not because he's a top five or top three wide receiver, but because you got him as a bench player and he was basically your second wide receiver. I think he's still in the top 10. Uh, Maybe he's like wide receiver eight on the year, but he's going to miss this game right when you needed him the most. Right. So, I mean, does this mean, is there anyone here that we could pick up? Is Noah Fant now who did have, you know, five catches for 30 yards and did get a touchdown. We all know that if you have DK Metcalf, you're playing him. So who do you think is going to pick up the slack in the Seattle offense, if anybody, for fantasy football? I think you mentioned it with Fant right there. And 
I think that's someone it's funny because as we're talking about this, I'm thinking in my head now, now my gears are grinding regarding what tight ends I can add. So good awareness you just raised. So I think it is going to go to him. Let, let's, we shouldn't, I don't, in my opinion, that's one where if you were out on the Seattle receivers, especially DK Metcalf who was going in what the fourth, fifth round, understandable. We didn't know who was going to be throwing the football. The options were Geno Smith and Drew Locke. We, we, we didn't know, and neither one were appealing. The The season that Geno Smith is having is eye-opening. As Jet fans, we could have never foreseen something like this, experiencing the pain with this guy. And that's why when it came to DK Metcalf, yeah, he's a good receiver. But still, fourth round, I was out on him. Tyler Lockett, a little bit more understandable because of where he was going in drafts in that eighth, ninth round area. My problem with Lockett was in the past, he's been very boomer bust. Half the season he's great, the other half he's yeah. a dud. And I didn't want to deal with that with a quarterback that I didn't think would be able to succeed with him. Yeah, no, that you're right though, because you'd have like 50 point fantasy weeks from Tyler Lockett, and then it would be like three, four, six, eight. Right. Yeah. It, that, right. that I forgot how um how volatile he was. And like Gabe you, Davis, Gabe Davis was the draft darling of best ball. Everybody was remembering the amazing game he had in the playoffs against the Chiefs. And what happened? They drafted him in the third or fourth round. And yes, Josh Allen, great quarterback. You think that, okay, Diggs will be prioritized by defenders. Doesn't matter. Diggs is that great of a receiver. He's thriving. But Davis is so boomer bust. And that's a big lesson that we've learned. So for some of these guys like Tyler Lockett in the past, like Gabe Davis, like Mike Williams, another guy when he's healthy and able to stay on the field who's boomer bust, you have to be careful with the draft capital that you're spending on these guys. Ninth round, fine. Sixth round, seventh round, fine. But in those first four rounds to go with a boomer bust player, you're essentially taking that boomer bust risk early on. So do you subscribe to, you know, uh, uh, that you can't win your fantasy football draft in the first round, but you certainly could lose it, you know, like like floor over ceiling in the first couple rounds? So when do you start, I guess really is, what is your philosophy about swinging for upside in drafts? Like how, for me, I want, high floor in first round, and then my upside quotient gets greater as I go down the draft board. Right, right. That's where I look at some of these wide receivers, especially the rookie wide receivers, where we were able to draft all of them, and that's where I'm going to swing for the fences a little bit. Rather than take the guy, first name off my mind, the Jamison Crowders of the world, mm. where, yeah, he could get you five receptions, four receptions a game, but still, where's the ceiling when it comes to him, where there's a lot of intrigue with a bunch of rookie wide receivers? And because there were so many, no one really stood out when it came to the drafting. I mean, I even have some of these rookies that I kept all year long on a deep bench league that I have where for you keep rookies, you're giving up a last round pick. And I held on to guys like Dotson. I held on to Christian Watson, even when Dotson was hurt, even when Watson wasn't performing well and he was banged up, getting concussed, it seemed like every single week. he Somehow, someway, Christian Watson earlier in the year, every week something would happen to the guy. So that's where more I would swing for the fences. And I want to go with the guys that I know will give me that 15-plus point or at least 18-plus point week for the most part, in the first or second round. And not every player, this is a newsflash to some out there, just because you pick the player in the first round, you have to expect that they're going to have down games. And when they do, it's not freaking out about it. You have to just expect it. Not everybody's going to have you the 20 to 25 points that you want and are expecting from your first round pick. And so many just get so disgusted with one bad week. You have to expect it. It's football. 
Yeah, I think that's where fantasy managers, and this leads perfectly into my next question for you about what do you think the biggest mistake that even experienced fantasy players make, whether it's in the draft or in season. And I would think that you're always, that too many fantasy managers go for the home run and real not realizing a double is good. So if you can get a player that has a double with some upside or, you know, and there are places to swing for the fences. So, you know, we just talked about like Jamison Crowder, the five for 50 guy versus the Jahan Dotson, who you saw could be five for 105 and two touchdowns. So what is it? And by the way, our guy Rolo in the chat did also mention something about Josh Jacobs rewinding to that conversation when they declined his fifth year option yep. that sent his ADP. That's a really good point. That sent his ADP down a round or two, maybe three at that point. So fancy, what do you think, whether it's in the draft, whether it's in the preseason, um, whether it's during the year, what do you think that even fantasy uh, experienced fantasy players are prone to mistakes? What's the biggest mistake that you see? One of them that immediately stands out too much focus on bye weeks. It's one thing when you're drafting your entire team with the same bye week that don't do that. But when you're having the mindset of, well, I can't draft this player because they're on a team. That's one of the six that are on buys in week 14 or whatever. That's a problem. What happens if you don't make it that far? What happens if you're okay by that point? You're not going to take a good player because they have a late buy. You can't play fantasy football like that. And that's something that I'm hearing more and more that I just want to get out of everybody's mindset here. Too much focus on bye weeks. You can have a few players on bye because remember, it's your draft. This is we're talking redraft here, not best ball where you're setting it and forgetting about it. In redraft here, you're focusing on that waiver wire every week. Maybe not picking a player up, but putting players on the watch list that you have whatever site you play on utilize that watch list i do it and it keeps me organized i'm all over the place and that's where you can't put that focus that onus on bye weeks thinking wow i'm not going to draft x player because he has a bye in week 14 and by that point i don't know where i'll be no have confidence in your ability have confidence that yeah maybe your stud player has a late bye six teams on bye in week 14 just asinine anyway they got to figure that out and they got to somehow balance these bye weeks out but don't let that take away from your overall fantasy football strategy you have four players on your team with week six bye okay now we're talking about a specific situation but overall i'm never ever not going to draft a player because they have a late bye that's a good take right there. I, I, you know what? That needs to be um, uh, amplified in the in the draft season as well. I think that I, I've heard a lot of people that are really smart. But, oh, I'm not, I'm not taking this guy because I don't want. How do you know who's going to be injured? Who you're going to pick up? So good take right there. Hey, if you're getting value from this uh, live stream from this audio podcast, consider hitting the like button. If you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, it helps us out. If uh, if you don't want to, that's fine too. But we do appreciate that. That's the only ask that we give of you, uh, Justin Fensterman. You did. Uh, you, you've had some a wide variety of takes on some player rankings today, on some draft strategy, and I just want to ask you a couple more things here. And before we get you a bold prediction for Week 16, and when I say a bold prediction, I don't necessarily mean you know something that is totally impossible, something that's plausible but can happen. Let's call it like an eight. You know, if it does happen, you're not going to be completely shocked. Um, you know, I, sometimes I get Jim Coventry on this and he, and he gives me bold prediction. I'm like, Jim, that's probably going to happen. He's, he'll say something like Jamar Chase is going to go for 125 yards and two touchdowns. I'm like, I expect that. So right. come with a good bold prediction here in a minute here. But before that, I just want to ask you about DeAndre Swift because 
DeAndre Swift was a player that was getting it was a fringe first round pick last year. And now I'm not even sure he's inside your you're not definitely starting him because of the amount of touches that he gets. So really is what's your trust level for a player like Swift? I'm not sure you're going to have many better options. And where do you think I know the speculation game? Who knows? But he's one of the players that I'm really having trouble valuing moving forward as I get into early best balls for next season. So with DeAndre Swift, you're right. It's a very hard player to prognosticate because who's going to be the other running back on that team at the time? That That's the big question there. We're already seeing it. And part of it is as well, we were deceived a bit with Swift because of the health issues too. And we've seen this a few times, Alan, players coming back when they're not 100% healthy. Right. Chris Godwin, Keenan Allen. I mean, we've seen this happen multiple times. Why is this happening? What's going on with these medical staffs here? DeAndre Swift is another example of that. So for him, yeah, I'm viewing him as a guy that maybe gets 10 carries in a game, maybe gets 12 carries, maybe. But really, you're focusing with him on the passing attack, which is good because, I mean, I play mostly in PPR and half PPR. I focus very much on whether or not these guys are going to be catching passes and how active they're going to be in their team's respective passing attacks. So with DeAndre Swift going into next year, I don't think you're going to have to pay too big of a price tag. If he's sitting there, Alan, in about the, let's just say the fourth, fifth round, I'll take him as my RB2. Yes. I'm totally fine with DeAndre Swift as my RB2. I went with some of my leagues as A.J. Dillon as my RB2. That did not work out. Well, if, if you did make it through a little bit, then he, you know, he had a I couple of good weeks. Yeah. That's right. the problem. That's after the problem. Too late after week one, I'm thinking, oh, we're roses right here. Both Jones and Dillon, they're going to be fine, just like I expected. Four shares. Four. I had of A.J. Dillon. None of those teams made the playoffs. I know. It's a shame because you saw in the last three weeks that you were right. It just – you were right. I tweeted in the this out, Alan. It literally – I feel the slap in the face <laughs> every single time this guy scores. Boom. Slap in the face. Unbelievable, man. And, again, we want to thank No House Advantage and Monkey Knife Fight for, for making this podcast uh, a possible. I'm Alan Soslowski. Follow me at Alan Soslowski on Twitter. You follow Justin Fensterman. Give out your Twitter, Fensty. At Fensty Sports. I highly recommend to follow him. So we're going to get you out of here before you, everyone sets their lineups for the Thursday night game. Give us a bold prediction. Something that has like, you know, if it happens, it's give us like, it, it's it's just going to set the week 16. It's going to be a nuclear option and you're going to be so happy you have this player. I'm going to say this. Tyler Algier. Expect another big time performance from him. I know that they have Patterson after what we saw from Desmond Ritter. And I know it's the Ravens. How don't they run 90% of their plays? That's too high of a number. I'm just kidding. It's not going to be 90%. Overwhelming majority, this team should be running. I know that they have Patterson. No more Huntley there to worry about. I'm feeling like Tyler Algier is going to have another big week, whether it's a 100-yard game and a score, whether it's just 100 yards, you'll take it from Tyler Algier, or whether it's, let's say, 58 to 65 and a score, I have a feeling that this guy has major flex appeal going into the week. I love that too, because with Caleb Huntley out of the mix and now without Marcus Mariota there, it goes from essentially a four person committee to a two and that opens up the door. Uh, so if you have Huntley sitting, I mean, it's not Huntley. If you have Algier sitting on the bench, I would consider playing him, you know, as a top 15, top 18 type of running back. That is a nice, good, bold prediction because I'm sure consensus rankings do not have him there. My bold prediction, Fancy, let me show you how this is done. Brock Purdy and Gardner Minshew finish his top 12 fantasy quarterbacks. Wow. 